for the haters podcast today we have a special guest michelle um before we introduce michelle we are going to just go around the room and let you know who is in the room today you have myself becky um and then we also have devin who is our videographer and editor what's up guys i feel like i changed that it's all right um we also have laura who is our writer what is up all right, so for those of you that are just joining us, this is a sister channel off of our YouTube channel for the haters. So if you have not done so, we suggest going over there and checking out the video that corresponds with this. So let's jump right into it. Okay. Um, Michelle, if you want to say what's up and kind of just introduce yourself. Um, hey guys, my name is Michelle. Um, I am on this podcast because I lost my fiance um, about two and a half years ago. Um, so just to give you guys kind of a, a background, uh, me and Michelle went to college together. I mean, myself and Michelle's fiance, Blair, um, who have passed away, actually went to college together as well. Go Warriors. <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Michelle. It really has been a pleasure getting to know you. Um, so tell us a little bit about your relationship with Blair. You know, how young were you when you met? What was it first like? Um, we met when we were 16, and I have to say it was not love at first sight. <laughs> um, I don't know why, I just wasn't attracted to him, and my friend um, was dating his best friend at the time, so she was trying to push me to date him so we can go out together. So after, um, maybe like one or two dates, I'm like, okay, like, I, I like this guy. He's into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then ten years later, we... We're engaged, so it was definitely an amazing relationship. And I mean, that's <clears throat> ten years is a long time, I think, for anyone to be together. I mean, that's it's longer than I've committed to anything <laughs> aside from school. So yeah, that's it's just you know knowing you guys and obviously seeing your relationship firsthand. It's definitely a different experience for me to hear about this. If you could just kind of like tell the listeners a little bit more about when things got serious with you guys. Just a little bit more like fluffiness to your relationship so that people can understand, you know, more about who you and Blair were. I mean, that's exactly what, like, me and Blair were, whereas Michelle Batista was Blair out. Like, we're one, and we basically, like, transitioned through one of, like, becoming a teenager, or being a teenager, then going to college, then young adults. Um... You were together for your formative years exactly. and your adult years. I so mean, it's everything like, was him. Exactly. And so I would have to say, though, I knew I loved Blair. I want to say we started dating in August. Probably by October, I knew that I loved him. And this I is knew, off 08, 09, 10? 07. 07? Yes. I can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> um, I guess... It took maybe like two months to this. I knew and I was like, I love him. And but at that time, I didn't know if it was just like the high school, oh, I love you and I love you. And fast forward a year later, we kind of knew it was real for real, which was 
pretty crazy because it's not common for people to marry high school sweethearts anymore. <laughs> the time Blair said he knew it was right was when he was playing somewhere out by Penn State um, football and I was only 17 at the time and he was away for a week and they have no service up there and I, I think that was like the legitimate first time where I'm like, oh my god, like I can't talk to him and so I ended up going up there and surprised him for his game and it ended up getting rained. The second half got rained out. So, and then he said, as soon as he saw me, like after the game, like he's like, I'm gonna marry this girl. Like I, I love her. And wow. that early yeah. on, wow. Yeah, yeah. When you know, you know. Yeah. So you realized it was it was serious and it was it was the real deal. How and when did he propose to you? It was March twenty fifth, two thousand sixteen. Um, we it was any other day. I think it was a Friday, and I got home from work. I kind of knew, like, something, like, I mean, we were dating for so long that I'm like, all right, like, it's coming soon, <laughs> so, um, but at this day, I didn't expect anything, and Blair was always last minute, so when I got home, he's like, do you want to take the dog to the park, and I'm like, yeah, sure, and then I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to propose, but then he was like, which park? So I'm like, oh, he did not have anything planned. Like, this is not happening. Never mind. What about that day did you think that he was going to propose, though, if taking your dog to the park was, like, a common occurrence? I didn't. That's the thing. Just a feeling. I know. Like, I didn't even know that he was going to propose. Oh, you had no idea. Oh, okay. I was saying, I knew it's coming. It's coming soon. At some point. Because okay. I, but that day, I had no idea. Um, so we're walking, and we're throwing, like, the tennis ball, and the dog's bringing it back. We have a yellow lab, Wesley. <laughs> and he's bringing it back and um I guess somehow he had another tennis ball like in his pocket um he switched it out Wes brought it back and I saw some sort of like permanent marker writing and it said like will you marry me and um I like turned around and there he was on one knee and I didn't even say yes like I just, we were just crying and hugging kissing and he was crying I was crying and then he's like, let's just, like, go sit over on this bench. I'm like, okay. So just to, like, gather ourselves and, like, we just got engaged. And um, we ended up sitting on the same bench, which is weird because I have a picture of it. In high school one time, we were sitting on the bench and carved our initials. Like, I just got literal wow. pills. Yeah. Literal it was pills. weird. I don't know. And, like, um, that's a spot I like visit frequently and in that exact park um his parents have a bench dedicated to him and it's like overlooking like the river or the pond and i like sit there a lot too it's it's really nice so i feel like it's it's always nice to like have a spot you can go in your thoughts and like you know think back on those memories like those great memories that you have yeah. like i couldn't like i i know personally that I, like i have people that are important that passed away and having those types of of places yes. to go are just so much more meaningful than like very great work. yeah yeah because, i mean i don't really feel him there mm -hmm. um i feel him at those type of spots yeah i mean i doubt their spirits are hanging out there exactly you know, probably at the park <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah yeah so you know to get into like the details of how everything happened um if you could kind of just walk us through the day that blair passed away and you know, what was different and how you felt and, you know, everything that did happen that day. I do have to say, for some odd reason, like a few months before he passed away, I don't know, I had an inkling, I, I just, I don't know, every night I would, like, fall asleep with, like, my hand on his back, like, just, like, kind of just 
it was a comfort thing. And I remember, and I, I even told my sister this, and it's crazy. I am a big planner, so I create like my own planners, and I remember putting our engagement pictures like on the front. And I don't know why I like thought I'm like, wow, like what if something happened to Blair, and now I have to look at this all next year. I. Don't know why that thought came in my head, and I even told my sister, like, even before Blair passed away, like, that thought came in my head, and which was weird, and... So you had a predictive feeling I about guess, it, like, something yeah, like, told you that something was up. Which was weird, and a lot, like, I had trouble sleeping at night because I kept on waking up, like, kept my hand on his back, I don't know, it's very weird, and I think because it's that type of feeling of everything's going so perfect that you're waiting for something to, like, go wrong. And I still definitely get that feeling all the time of like, all right, my life is like pretty good right now. So I'm waiting for something to happen. That night was, I guess, a little different from all the other nights. I mean, we woke up. It was the same as waking up, argued about what we're going to have for dinner because we always, what do you want? What do you want? Um, we ended up just going out somewhere and that meal was just nice. The thing that sticks out to me was we were sitting next to a couple and their two kids, and I just remember like Blair kind of just like making faces at the kids and stuff, and and I just like remember thinking like, damn, like he's gonna be a good dad. I'm excited to spend my life with him, and I think that's what like shifted the mood. And then we're like we paid and we were walking out, and he always would hold my hand and like squeeze it three times, which like meant I love you, and then. We got home and we would always race to the front door because we're five and this time he like tackled me to the ground and we like made out for a little bit and it sounds stupid like out of a movie but like I don't know it was just nice. Um, I was going to the movies with my sister that night and I even said to Blair I really don't feel like going I'd rather just stay here with you and he's like no no go. Um, he even gave me money for candy because I love candy <laughs> and he's like, treat yourself and we're okay. And that was the last time I saw him. And not that like the night felt awesome, but I do regret, I feel like I like don't remember our last embrace because it was just so automatic of like, all right, bye, like love you. Which like now may, makes me appreciate like every time I do like, like every time I hang up on like with the phone of like anyone, I'm like, love you. Like. Just in case. Yeah. And I went to the movies, and around, like, 7.30, Blair texted me for my Amazon login because my birthday was in a few days, so I guess he wanted to get me a few things. Um, and then, like I said, um, like, I love you. Like, tonight was, like, a great night, and all he wrote back was, I love you too, Rose, which was, like, the best text. Like, that sums up our relationship right there. Um, he called me Rose. It started with, my best friend called me Rose from Titanic. My middle name is Rose, and my best friend called me Rose from Titanic, and Blair just started. I actually have a tattoo on my foot of um, Rose, and it's his handwriting from a card that I kept. And um, <clears throat> so that was the last text I got from him. After movie, on my way home, I called him. He didn't answer, but it was kind of late, so I didn't, didn't think anything. No, no, not at all. Um, and like, I said, I was listening to James Arthur, like, say you won't let go, which was kind of, like, before it became big, and it's kind of, like, weird to me that it became big after Blair passed away, and we actually agreed that that was going to be our wedding song. And that happened to be playing Driving Home that yeah. night. 
And then I actually waited in my um, driveway for it to end, and then I got out. And um, I go upstairs. At the time, we're living with my mom because we're trying to save for a house. And um, in the den was, like, his computer, his, like, planner, his phone, his wallet. So it looked like he was getting ready to, like, buy me some birthday gifts. <laughs> and um, But he wasn't there. And then I go, I walk, like, into the room, and, like, our dog came running up to me and like that's when I saw him on the bed and that like image is like forever engraved in like my brain like I wish I could unsee it um even like after Blair's passing like my brother who also lived my mom at the time would always open my door if he saw it shut because he knew that it was like a PTSD thing of like opening the door and just seeing that like Blair lying there so when you walked into your bedroom did you know instantly that something was wrong or did you just kind of um was it a feeling that overcame you like how did you I knew I didn't know instantly that he was dead at the time but I knew something was wrong because his face was like blue and his like very pale um I went over to like touch his cheek or his lips or like to see if there it was warm or and like I shook his shoulder and I was like screaming like saying Blair like and um, I ran, got my mom, who's a nurse, and, like, started trying to give him CPR. I, I went down, I don't know why I went downstairs, but I was, went out back or out front, I don't remember, and I called, um, 911, and I instantly hear, like, sirens, like, and that's another, like, very big trigger for me, is if I see an ambulance with their sirens on, like, I instantly, like, revert back to that night. I also, my friend brought up the other day that... It was a few, it must have been a few weeks after Blair passed away, and we're in a store, and some lady was wearing, like, a pale blue, like, lipstick, and I instantly pulled her aside, I'm like, we gotta go, because that, like, the way her lips look were exactly the way Blair looked, and I just, like, couldn't, I like, had to leave. I don't remember it, but I think I was just still in a fog. You don't remember seeing this woman? I remember, but I don't remember being, like, so, I guess, like, not dramatic, but, like, we gotta go. Right. Like, right. I just remember being, like, oh, my God. Like. <clears throat> so, like, after, obviously, the ambulance comes, they take him, and, you know, did they figure out instantly what happened? Or, you know, did it take time to find out what happened? Um, there was no obvious sign to what happened. It took a little bit for his autopsy to come back. It and it ended, he ended up passing away of cardiomyopathy, which is like enlargement of the heart. Um, I was reading that it's common in young athletes, and he played football ever since he was little, all throughout college, and I guess that's what did it. Like, I don't... Um, it's eerily ironic that yeah. he died of having a heart too big. I know, that is very weird. Because yeah. a lot of people, I mean, here might know, like, I'll be called Blair Bear because he was just a big teddy bear. Yeah. Like, he was... You know how, like, there's, like, there's certain kids that, like, you see and they're just, like, you're just, like, so happy to see them? Like, and he was just always, like... He was that person. Yeah. He's very yeah. approachable, very... Yeah. Like, he, like, yeah, that's, like, he was just so approachable. He was, like, this big, big giant teddy bear that <laughs> anytime you saw him, like, he was always smiling. Like, he always mm -hmm. wanted to have a conversation with you. It Like, it wasn't ever awkward. Like, it was just, like, 
always pleasant to see him. It was never like awkward or unpleasant situation. Like it was like you were like happy every single time you saw him, which I mean, obviously just shows the type of person that he was. Um, and one thing I do want to add, and I don't know if a lot of people believe in this kind of stuff, like signs from the afterlife. And um, I remember going to my dad's house that night because and my sister drove me. I just could not be in our room or there and seeing like his family was on the way there and I could just I couldn't see his mom's face. Like I I couldn't. Um I got to my dad's house and I remember just that's when I finally cried and was like I just remember saying like what am I gonna do now? That's literally like what am I gonna do now? Um, eventually, like, exhaustion just took over, and me, I mean, I always watch Friends, and it's just a comfort. I always fall asleep to the show Friends, and my sister put on Friends, and, um, I always called Blair my lobster, and, uh, the episode of Friends that was on was Phoebe talking about how Ross and Rachel are each other's lobsters, and it's weird that out of all the Friends episodes that that was on, TV and I think I personally believe that was my first sign from Blair saying I'm okay. I disagree. I think your first sign was actually your wedding song playing in the car because I never thought about that. <laughs> Chances yeah. are he was yeah passed by then and he was probably you Giving know you sending like, you yeah. some sort of sign that... before you ever even showed up. Wow, I never even thought about that, but that's so true. Wow, <sighs> now I'm crying. That's how I would like to take it. Anyway. No, I mean, I think you're absolutely right, because, ugh. yeah. <sighs> so, I mean, obviously, after all of this, you still have a life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, you, you lived your entire life with Blair, and uh, so after all of this and this life-changing experience, um, who are you today? Um, I mean, right now, I'm, I'm happy, and I'm living life to the fullest. Um, I can't honestly say I was always like that. It took a lot of hard work and to find yourself and who who am I? Like who is Michelle Batista without Blair Gower? I mean, I had him in my life for ten years and in an instant I lost my whole future. I lost that buying a house together, having children together, having those two dogs that we've always like talked about. And I think there was a period of like I was first mourning Blair, and then it turned into I'm mourning, also mourning now of like our future and like what we lost. It was a fog. I instantly started seeing a therapist, which got me through all the firsts. I instantly started journaling, which I recommend to anyone who has lost someone because you really don't think you're making progress day by day. And I can tell you now, I remember reading my entries from like maybe two months after Blair and when it first happened, I'm like, wow, like, okay, there's progress happening and there's evidence of Yeah, progress. like I might not see it day by day, but like looking back and that has helped me to keep moving forward. And there's just a lot of things of when is the right time to take off my engagement ring? When is the right time to go through his stuff? And when, when did you do all that? Um, I didn't, honestly, like, after he first passed away, I kept on everything. Everything that he ever touched, I'm like, no, you're not taking this. Like, even, like, his beard hair, like, still in, like, his, like, shaving. Like, I 
Like, no, like, no. And then eventually, like, it just, I woke up. I think it was about, like, six months later. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, I think I'm ready to start, like, like getting rid of, like, little things of, like, his socks, his underwear, his white t-shirts. And then that led to more things. Um, I kept, like, certain things, like, certain sweatshirts that he would wear all the time. Um, the outfit he wore for our engagement pictures. Um, I have all his cards that he, like, ever wrote me. I basically have been full of things, like, that mean the most to me. That's labeled Blair Gower. Um, and that was about, like, six months after he passed away. And, I mean, everyone grieves differently. So it could be someone could do it one month, someone could do it two months. And, I mean, it's just, when you know, you know. I can't describe it. It just, you just wake up and... I just remember doing it and like my mom like walked in and was like, do you want me to help you? I'm like, no, like I want to do it by myself and cracked open a bottle of wine and <laughs> um, started going through things. I do have to say one thing that I did a lot was put my hand like in his shoe to feel his like foot imprints, which sounds weird, but like it like kind of like he was here, like he existed and... Yeah, he worked. He walked yeah. this earth. Yeah, and like you, you felt the impact that he left. Mm -hmm. It was hard. It what was the the most difficult thing for you to do. That's a hard question. Um, I want to say it's just a lot of little things. Yeah, into one. Like mm -hmm. I said, like getting rid of his clothes was something I was stressed about, and then taking off my ring and taking off my ring. I just I kind of did it like I did do cold turkey like. I think, like, it was about maybe, like, eight or nine months after I kind of was, like, maybe if I went, like, out with my friends or something, I'd be like, you know, like, let's just, like, see what's out there and no guy's going to come up to me if I'm wearing. And then eventually it kind of, like, all right, maybe, like, one day at work I'll take it off. And then eventually <laughs> I bought a safe and put the ring in there. So you eased off it. Mm-hmm. Which actually, it was hard and it was weird and I still bring it out sometimes. Um, I still put it on sometimes, just, it's, it's weird. It's very weird. You still put it on presently to mm -hmm. this day? Just, I don't know. I just whenever you feel him? Well, I used to do it a lot more than I do it now. I can't tell you the last time I did it, but, um, he did good with it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think will be, like, that, the use of it later in life? Do you have any, like, thoughts of if you would potentially maybe give it to a child or, like, do you think that... Make a necklace out of it. That you'll always keep it for yourself? I think it's one of the things that I'm always going to keep for myself. Um, a lot of people have, like, asked, like, will you, like, make a necklace out of it or anything? But my thing is Blair designed the ring. Like, he took certain stones that he liked. He took certain things that he liked, and it, it was him and oh, me. Wow. So, like, I wouldn't want to take it apart and do something else with it. Um, I think that's definitely one of the things that's just just going to be for me. Yeah. I'd probably feel the same way. <laughs> I mean, it, and he, it wasn't just, he put a lot of thought into it. Like, you can tell. And it's just something, I, I think that's the one thing that I cherish most. Minus our y'all lab that's still here with us today. Um, he, and I, I honestly think my dog also is, like, the last piece of Blair that I have. He got me through a lot, and I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, dogs are really comforting. <laughs> they are. Um, yeah. So, you know, 
you'll still put the ring on today, but <laughs> but we do happen to know that you are presently seeing someone. <laughs> um, it's a little bit over two years now since Blair's yeah. passed away. Yes, um, yes. And, you know, one of the biggest things with your story, because not that your loss is any less than anyone else's, really we're looking forward to having you on because of the power that comes behind your story of, of a loss, yet you're still allowing yourself to find another love without removing the one love that you mm-hmm. did have before. Mm-hmm. And that whole entire thing is just so empowering and so important for people to understand that you don't have to stop living your life you don't have to stop looking for love mm-hmm. you don't have to let go of someone you did love and lo- and lose to accomplish all in the mm-hmm. end you know obviously you can speak to it better than i can but uh, if you could just like go through and or when did you feel that you could let yourself love someone else um probably not until maybe like a close to a year like 10 like 10 months or a year after blair because first i just I wanted to get myself together first. Like, if I didn't, if I wasn't okay, there's no way I could be okay with being in a relationship, too. I couldn't. So, I think my main priority was myself at first. But everyone, like I said before, grieving is not, there's no book for grieving. There's no, okay, by this time, you should get rid of his clothes. By this time, you should start dating. Everyone's different. Um, I honestly didn't think I would ever be okay going into the dating world because I was just so happy and in love with Blair. I didn't think there was anyone out there that could compare. So I really didn't feel like trying. And I don't know what, it's just like one of those things, like I said, you just kind of wake up and you're like, you know, like I'm gonna try this. And I remember my first kiss after Blair with someone else was heart-wrenching. I felt so guilty. I thought I cheated on Blair. And my instant thought was, wow, like. Blair was not the last person, like, that my lips touched, like, and it was just weird. It was very weird, and I have to say, I didn't go out, like, again with someone after that for a few months later, because I just needed, it was, it was hard, and then, I mean, eventually, like, my biggest thing is, I know everyone hates to hear it, but time heals everything. I wouldn't say heals, but time helps. I hate when people say, like, okay like time heals all and and it's true though and it helped me with time I just got out of the fog there's nothing I did specifically it's just with time the fog cleared and I'm like okay I can do this so I started dating um and eventually I found someone and I would never think I would find someone and I remember people explaining it to me saying like You'll be in love again, but it's just gonna be a different love. And I remember saying, like, well, I want the love that me and Blair had. Like, so the different love's not gonna be as good as this, like, what the love that me and Blair had. And it is. And like I said, everyone said it's a different love, but I love him. And um, so me and Matt have been dating for I guess eight months now. Um, and the thing with him is. I knew it was right because he accepted my past. I was scared that I would be considered like, I guess quote unquote, like damaged of like, cause it is intimidating. Like if I put myself in another's like role, I would be like, no, like how can I compare to someone who was engaged to someone for 10 years? And, and how highly you speak of him. Exactly. And how like, highly everyone speaks of him. I mean, yeah. Blair wasn't perfect yeah. by all means, but after like someone passes away, you do put them on a pedestal. Mm. and he's on a pedestal and 
I'm not saying Matt like doesn't compare to him, but Matt is his own person. And I think it just takes a very secure person to be able to like be with someone like that because he doesn't see Blair as a competition. He actually welcomes me like to openly talk about Blair and on Blair's like anniversary of that like that he passed away, like Matt brought me flowers, like and like just like things like that and he's interested and like he says like let's go visit Blair and he's met Blair's family and I mean it was weird at first it's not fine like but it's just the fact that he wants to do it and it's not just um I don't know I, I think that's true love because he loves me so he loves every like he loves my past too and he loves Blair and he loves Blair's family and I mean I'm gonna be honest I was open with like everyone right from the beginning um because I mean Blair's I was with Blair's family for since I was 16 so they're my family like his mom watched me grow up like and I want my kids to call them like grandma and grandpa and I want my kids to call his brother's uncles and it's weird like it's a weird dynamic and so it'd be hard to find someone that accepts that but Matt does Matt does you know, when you first, there's a difference between moving on and moving forward. And Matt allows you to move forward mm-hmm. while keeping Blair, you know, present. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, if you can maybe touch more on the difference between that and, and more of what Matt does to help keep Blair alive, how it helps you mm-hmm. move forward, that would be, you know, amazing. Um, I do want to, I do want to say, like, one of the things I did with Matt because of, like, there's no way of, like, explaining, like, what I went through to someone who, like, didn't go through something like that. So, I mean, when the time was right and everything, I actually gave Matt, like, my journal to read after Blair died. Um, which he read, and he had no words, and he just hugs me, and he tells me he loves me, and and he, if there's, like, periods where I'm just down or out of it, like, it's, he's not like, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong? Like, he kind of just knows and lets me do my thing. And um, I think that was, like, the best thing I could do was give Matt, like, my journal because there was no more, like, raw, like, because that was happening in the moment, like, of what I was feeling. I was not expecting that for that. (laughs) No, I'm really glad I asked that question. That is amazing. Wow. Wow. I mean, he even read, like, when I started dating. Like, he started... And he said that was hard to read, and, um... He's in there, I would imagine. You're chronicling... He's in there, yeah. You know, you're documenting your your first steps of your relationship with him. Yeah. But I actually, like, it was weird because the journal I was journaling, like, with Blair, and then from the time I met Matt, I kind of ran out of pages. So it's like, I have a new journal now, and it's just weird that that timing of, like, okay, like, like legitimately like okay this book is done like let, let's open another book and Matt literally started it yes and that's weird like I didn't yeah and I didn't like it's, it's just weird to me I also consider that to be a sign from Blair yeah I truly believe like Blair has sent him and I wouldn't want any anyone else and I was just talking to my stepdad yesterday and I think he asked something about Matt and I said something he's like you know, like, that boy was sent from heaven. Like, he is, like, one amazing man, and he really is. Sounds like, like it. Yeah, and I make sure that, like, I, my thing is, like, I'm, I don't like everything being about me, and I make sure I'm open with him, like, look, like, you're kind of going through this process, too, and, like, if you don't want to do certain things, like, I am okay with that, like, like, if you don't want to go to Blair's house, or, like, if we, like, go out to, like, 
Blair's dad's birthday was a few months ago, and he they invited Matt out too. And Matt was like, "Yeah, like I'll go." And I'm like, "Okay, but you know you don't have to. Like this is your process too, and you can be open. Like I understand. Like because if the roles were reversed, I'd be like, "Damn, like I don't know if I could do this." Like so, yeah. And like there's still pictures of Blair up in on my apartment, and Matt actually recently moved in, and they're still there, and um. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That really is. That takes, like, an incredible amount of courage, I think. Because, I mean, even, like, meeting someone's family is, like, hard in general. Yeah. Like, getting... Mm-hmm. The chances of you getting along with someone's family, there's so many things that could go wrong. There's, like, mm-hmm. there's so many issues that happen with one family. Like, I couldn't... Like, he's welcoming in multiple families. Yeah. And and you kind of touched on this in the in the video he obviously loves you, you know what I mean? Like, there's, you can't doubt his love, like, for you because it's just not a situation that someone would just so openly put themselves yeah, into. Yeah, like, get some action. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Like, there's plenty of other people that didn't have a damage past that, like, exactly. <laughs> that you could get it from. Like, no, I, like, I know, and I know that everyone feels the same way. Like, I'm so excited that he's coming to the, to the launch party, and I cannot wait to meet him. And I'm on it, and, like, even, like, sitting here now, like, I would even, like, love to maybe, like, try to talk to him if he's open about, like, talking to us, too, because I think, like, his perspective and understanding how he's okay with this and his process would be, like... Would be really interesting and to to hear. Like yeah, like basically, I mean, I mean, technically, I'm not a widow, but I mean, there are people yeah. out there who it's close enough. Yeah, and like yeah. so, like yeah. I it's would actually love. Well, yeah. yeah, I would love to see that perspective of like how to be in a relationship with someone who lost someone. Lost yeah. someone, like yeah. It's I just I feel like your and like your situation is so unique because you worked together for ten years. Like that's such a long time. Mm-hmm. Like you literally like grew up went through every single hard stage of, like, the difficult things in life, like, together. And then, like, because, like, obviously we all know people that have passed away and people have significant others, but, you know, it's like you've completely taken yourself out of, like, your whole mindset of your entire life, like, and it's just, like, ripped away from you. Like, I I just, I know it's, like, like bringing back to what we're talking about, but, like, it's just... I mean, I use Blair's The Day He Died, December 9th, 2016, I use that as a timestamp, like, in my life. It's either, like, pre-Blair, like, pre, like, Blair dying, and, like, post-Blair Blair dying. Like, if I think of any event, my instant thought is, wait, was Blair alive for that, or was he not? Yeah. Like, that's my instant, like, timestamp. It's your marker. Yeah, my timestamp of, like... And I know, and I know we've talked about it, and, uh, you wanting to write a book, and because you have so much to say to, and you're young, you're 26, 27? 28. Are you really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, I feel like there's so much to learn from the youth, like, Mm -hmm. of what you went through, because there's so many people that are maybe a little bit older, and they, the outlook that they have on this, that their life is just consumed, and this defines them, right? Mm -hmm. That, that they need to hear it from someone that is living their life, like, you're, like, an example of, like, allowing yourself to live, like, obviously, you still get upset about it, you let, you allow yourself to emotionally still feel the heartbreak that you went through, but you've understood that life is still moving forward. Yeah. There's just so much to learn from that, yeah. that it, it, and it's so important for people to know that, that yeah. things can be okay. They don't have to be perfect. You don't have to 
forget about this person that you lost, but, like... And there's no, like, time that you should be doing this by this yeah. time kind of thing. Back to what you were saying before, like, the difference between moving on and moving forward mm-hmm. as it ties into grief. People think that they need, in order to move forward or move on, to erase the past. Mm-hmm. And I think what is so important here is for people to understand that you can take things with you. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you know, it doesn't, mm-hmm. there, there doesn't have to be that marker. It doesn't yeah. have to be before this or after this. It can if you want to, but you, yeah. can, you can happily take your baggage with you into a new existence yeah. as long as you pack it properly. And if, like, there's people yeah. in their life that, like, doesn't understand that, then they shouldn't be in your, like, in your life. Like, yeah. they, <clears throat> that part was just so big in your, like, in your life that there's no way you can move, like, on from that. And yeah. Matt, like, you know, happily took your bags and or is helping you unpack yeah. them, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think it's important what you said before about how you need to make sure that you were ready. You know, you weren't, and I, and I say this in life all the time, if mm-hmm. if you're not happy with yourself, no one's going to be able to make exactly. you happy. And you taking the time knowing that you needed to do that for yourself without anyone's help and like without, you know, if you did throw yourself into a relationship when you mm-hmm. weren't ready, it wouldn't be the way that it is now. Yeah. And, like, that is, it is so important for us as humans to realize that the happiness starts with, with ourselves yeah, yeah. and, like, understanding how to deal with things ourselves because no one else is going to deal with them for you. And, like, I have to add that, like, you know you, like, best. Um, there's every, everything, everybody's different. Um, whether you lost someone or not, like, grieving process are different. And there's just so many opinionated people out there. So, I mean, I was getting like, well, are you really ready to date? Are you not like? Yeah. And it's that's just... actually was a, was a question that I would like wanted to ask too. Is do, are are you worried about what people are gonna think because you're dating? And then it's like, but why? Like, why do you have to wait an X amount of time to start dating yeah. if you're ready? You know. I mean, that was my biggest fear of like what people were gonna think, what the gowers were gonna think. But even from like when. Blair passed away they're very open of like we want you to be happy and when and we know you will find someone and you we want them to we want you to bring them around and that was very comforting because I think the gowers were my biggest fear of like disappointment yeah and I also felt like like my biggest thing was like I didn't want other people thinking I think my thing was I didn't want people thinking that I just forgot about Blair and that it didn't hurt anymore, and that I'm okay, and because it does hurt, and it and I kind of look at it as like it's like waves, and it comes in waves, and at first it's like just pounding you, like waves after wave after wave, and then it kind of just like spreads out and gets less, and mm-hmm. I mean I still cry, but it's not as intense and as hurtful as when it first happened. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to know that as receptive as Matt has been of your past the gowers are of your future. Yes. I mean, that's a perfect way to word it. And that right there, like, proves to me that, like, this Blair and the gowers, they were put into my life for a reason. And they are, like, family to me. And like I said, like, they knew me since I was 16 years old. I'm now 28. Um, yeah. I mean, they're not just going to... I mean, I would never write them off. And I don't think they would ever write me <laughs> off. And yeah. Mrs. Gower, like, actually, like, word it. And they actually make me call them mom and dad. So, um, yeah, and she, like, I think of it as a, like, I was, I'm, like, kind of, like, their only, like, part of their son that they have 
now. So like obviously they want to like I mean I'm not, not going to speak for them, but yeah. they want to keep me around and and they're just so like they include me in the whole pro the funeral process too, like picking out his headstone, picking out like what he was going to be buried in, and which I'm forever grateful to because. That's I mean, incredible. not many people would... Yeah, that's incredible, yeah. Yeah. I know that when I, um, obviously, I'm friends with you on all social media. We don't talk every day or we yeah. often. Um, I, but I remember seeing when the first post came up that you were with someone else. I had, like, I was, like, overcome with, like, happiness. <laughs> like, I was just, like, I truly, I think I, like, said something to you about it. I was just, like, I'm just so happy to see her, like, not let this stop her from being happy again because you know knowing Blair you know the short time of my life that I did he would want nothing else but for you to be happy and you know just seeing you allow yourself to do that I was just like I was like taken back so much by it I mean and I've reached out to you a couple times like mm -hmm, throughout mm -hmm. the throughout the whole process oh, yeah. of everything and like yeah, I'm just like so proud of you for allowing for allowing yourself to put yourself in that situation, because you know it just gives hope for for everyone. You know, like it gives hope for anyone in your situation, and like it's just like so beautiful to see. So yeah. <laughs> well, I've been crying this whole time. So. <laughs> um, we are unfortunately running out of time. I know I'm going to probably continue with this conversation until after this, so I'm sorry that the people <laughs> listening can't continue. Um, but I do want to make sure that I bring up one last thing, or I, I don't know, Michelle, if you want to bring it up. Um, Blair has a scholarship fund in his name. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you want to talk quickly about that. Yeah, um, real quick. Uh, yeah. So right after he passed away, his family and I created a scholarship. It's called the Blair Gower Memorial Scholarship. Me and Blair obviously went to the same high school, um, the Shamley High School. Blair played football. He started out there. His brothers played football there. He started out there as a water boy and became a player. Then after college, went back and coached there. And so we thought it was best to give back to the players. Um, the coaches each year pick a player to go towards like either academic college or... Athletic. Athletic. Yeah. Um, and the coaches make sure they pick a player that like kind of have like qualities that Blair had like instilled in them. Um, it's sad to see now that the players are since it was happened two years ago. Two years ago, the players now that are getting it didn't have Blair as a coach. But um, it's it's nice. I mean, that's I'll, how his memory lives on. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, to this day, I think we gave players over like ten thousand dollars worth of scholarship. Yeah, that's amazing. So if you guys are interested in hearing more about the scholarship, we'll have the links available either on our website, our YouTube channel, or in this description. We're not really sure yet, so just bear with me. You can it. find it. Yeah, you can, you'll be able to find it. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to close out, I, I, I know I've said my thanks and, you know, my thoughts on this entire thing, but just to... You know, thank you again. Thank you no, so thank much you. for coming here. Um, I don't know if you guys... Yeah, I mean, really, just thank you for sharing this with us. Thank you thank so Thank you much. for letting me come. Absolutely. Um, guys, if you want to see more... Um, if you Actually, if you haven't watched the YouTube video yet, go check it out. We posted it last night. It's the episode that corresponds to this podcast. So go check out our YouTube. Uh, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. All of our social media handles are for the haters. So go, uh, go show check some us love. out. Show some life. Uh, social. <laughs> show, show some love. Like, follow, subscribe. Do everything you can. Just get some the 
word out. Thanks for joining, guys. For the haters, for the haters, come on to it now or later. Whoa, uh, uh. Don't matter what your name is, share your story. We'll be waiting. Call, uh, 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 yeah, for the haters, won't. Well.